Baseball money is fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. We're also brought to you by the Golf Gambling Podcast TaylorMade Stealth 2 Driver Giveaway. Head over to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash driver to enter. Today, before the big drawing on April 8th and SGPN is also brought to you by us this week. The Baseball Money is Fake podcast. And right now, if you can't tell, if you're watching, I'm here by myself. Uh, Ryan has some uh, late night work that he's got to do. But as always, you know, the show must go on. And if you've listened to the podcast, heard the podcast before, you know, I like to talk anyways. So should be no problem. Although this will be my very first uh, solo podcast, solo recording. So bear with me if I ramble a little bit. It's not going to be the longest one, but it's going to be an informative one. Hey, what up, Catfish? Dylan, my bad. Dylan on this platform, Catform, or Catfish on Discord. You can check us out on the Discord at sg.pn slash Discord. Type that in your browser. We'll pop right up. Uh, you can also follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you might stream your, your podcast content. We're everywhere. We're on like 25 platforms or something like that. Uh, somebody streamed us from their Amazon Alexa the other day, which was that was a wild one and a new one for me. Uh, Give us a, a five star rating and review. Those go a long way to helping us can helping us be able to continue putting out this content for you guys. We have so much fun doing it. Uh, me and Ryan both. Uh, there's been so much baseball going on, and I'm so excited to be able to get into it. Uh, and I mean, like I said, this is my first time doing a solo one, so I'm trying to figure out how to navigate this by myself because normally I can just pass it off to Ryan. It'll come back to me, but. It's just me today. A lot of good baseball going on. Uh, I saw Nelson Cruz at a home run today. Former Mariners legend. Uh, hit a tank shot out there in San Diego. Uh, and there's been a lot of waiver wire talk lately. Uh, the one thing that seems to happen early on in these fantasy baseball seasons is a lot of overreactions one way or the other. And a lot of those overreactions tend to lead people towards dropping players that really should not be dropped. Like you can't forget that trades are a thing and the slow starts are a thing. So you got to ride the ways that early for like six days or five days into the season. So uh, I had somebody ask me if they should drop Josh Bell. No, you should not drop Josh Bell. Even in a 10 team league, he should probably be on your team. Uh I had people ask me if they should drop Whit Merrifield. I don't think you should drop Whit Merrifield yet. I know some of these guys that are on waivers have been off to a very hot start, and it does make them very intriguing to put on your roster, especially when somebody that you drafted and thought you were going to ride or die with this year is struggling. But you cannot overreact early. That's how you end up losing. That's how these teams later on in the year that have stacked lineups from uh, picking up all the people that got dropped early. Uh, I had somebody ask me today if they should start Jonathan India over Bobby Wood Jr. Like something like that is, 
it's one of those things where even I haven't checked the box score today, but even if Jonathan India somehow does perform better than Bobby Wood Jr., you realistically shouldn't do that. Bobby Wood Jr. is a guy that was taken more than likely in the top two rounds, if not the top three. And the first week of the season, you should never be questioning whether you should start Jonathan India over Bobby Witt Jr. Like, I didn't even know what scenario that would work in if they're unless they were like starting one of them at Util. But Jonathan India is like my 12th or 13th ranked. I think he's my 12th ranked second baseman over on Fantasy Pros. So my 12th ranked second baseman is not worth a start over, I think, like my number 15 overall player in baseball. It's just not worth it. Don't do that to yourself. You don't want to be the guy that sits Bobby Wood Jr. when he ends up going off. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I I put my first Fantasy Pros uh, – not my first Fantasy Pros article, but my first Fantasy Pros waiver wire article out. I am doing their weekly waiver wire article. You can check that out on Sundays. I'll be published Sunday mornings. So I'm going to cover some of the guys that are off of that list. Uh, and I'm also finishing up my first article for Roto Baller. I think I told you guys last week that I joined the, the squad over at Roto Baller. Uh, I'm, uh, it's, it's like a yin and yang type thing. I've got a waiver wire pickups article that I'm writing for fantasy pros. And then my one for Roto baller is actually a, uh, like a, it's called buyer beware. It is a lot of the guys that are kind of off the hot starts on the waiver wire that you might be considering picking up. And I am highlighting, uh, the reasons why you should think twice when it comes to adding somebody like that to your team. Uh, because just because a hot start is happening doesn't mean it's somebody that's going to be beneficial to you going forward for the rest of the year. Speaking of going forward for the rest of the year and writing some hot starts, we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a great place to get down on fantasy and player props all year long. Underdog Fantasy has your favorite NBA, NHL, and MLB daily games. Plus, they're already doing best ball drafts for the 2023 NFL season. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Now, the waiver wire pickups. Uh, it is a little bit later for I mean, it's Tuesday. So a lot of these guys in like your very, very, very active leagues, a lot of these guys probably got picked up Sunday night. Monday morning, that type of thing. Uh, the big one that's going around right now is Adam Duvall, starting in center field out in Boston, and is off to a crazy, crazy, crazy start to the year. I think he's hitting 588 with three doubles, a triple, two home runs, and nine RBIs already. Absurd. He's somebody that me and Ryan talked about back in December or January, a couple months ago. Uh, we were curious to see if he was going to get the starting nod in center field and if they were going to ride out his high strikeout rates. He does strike out like 30, 32, 34% of the time every year, which is tough. But what he has been able to do this year, I mean, at least early, you have to take into account that uh, small sample sizes are just that they're small sample sizes. So they're exactly what you want them to be, however you're going to look at it. You can take a small sample size and somebody's sucking and just say, ah, oh, it's a small sample size, so it doesn't matter because they're they're sucking. So whatever, they'll, they'll get better over time. 
Uh, but if somebody has a like a really hot small sample size, you can also look at that and be like, oh, well, you know, it's a small sample size, but it's got a lot of things, things behind the scenes that are looking pretty good. And that's something you can do with Adam Duvall. Uh, probably my favorite thing that he's done so far is he's barreled the ball at five times already. He has a barrel rate of like 37 and a half percent, which is nuts. It's not going to stick like that for the whole entire year because that's just a crazy high barrel rate. But five, the fact he's got five barrels already is a really good sign. He plays good defense out there in center field and his swing is kind of suited for Fenway Park. Uh, pulls a lot of really kind of moonshot fly balls out there. So there's a lot of chances for him to be hitting doubles off that wall. The triple kind of surprised me. I don't, I can't picture him hitting any more triples this year. Maybe one if he's lucky, but he'll have a lot of home runs out there over the green monster. A lot of doubles off of it. The lineup's not the craziest out there in Boston, but they're finding a way to score a bunch of runs. Devers is playing well. Uh, Yoshida's playing well. Duvall's playing well. So they're clicking on all cylinders right now, and it's paying off. Realistically, this is probably as as good as it gets for Adam Duvall moving forward. Uh, There's probably not a reality where Adam Duvall leads the league in batting average and home runs and all this other stuff. But two years ago, Adam Duvall was a guy that hit like 35 home runs. He's not that far removed from that. He did have kind of a rough 2022. But with the way he's playing right now, there's nothing that says that he can't come back out and be a 30 to 35 home run guy again. And one thing me and Ryan have kind of hammered home quite a bit is there's not many of those. There's, well, like, I think 35 home run hitters last year, there was 12 or 11. So there's not many. And he plays a fairly thin position. Outfield is very, very, very thin. So getting a guy seem not really out of nowhere, but just having an extra guy now that can come in and hit those home runs at the outfield position gives you another option out there. And he's his upside, I want to say, is probably Rowdy Telez. Somebody that we like on the show. He was one of my must-have players over at Fantasy Pros. That's probably his upside, and it's it's not a bad upside. He he'll hit 245 with 35 home runs, 85 RBIs. He could lean closer to a hundred just depending on how the rest of the guys around him continue to to hit this year. Uh if Mondesi comes back and is batting in front of him, that's just an extra guy that can be on base in front of him to score some more runs or not score more runs to let him be able to drive more runs in. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah, he's somebody to keep an eye on. He is probably the only person on this list for me right now that is addable that I'm okay with dropping some guys that you drafted. Uh, unlike seemingly a lot of people, my mentality when it comes to at least early season fantasy baseball is you need to trust the process. You research for your draft. You planned for your draft. You targeted the guys that you liked. You drafted the guys late that you knew or you thought or your research said was going to have a good payoff for the rest of the year. Like you 
you did all of that work to put together the team that you wanted. So you cannot do all of that work. Get yourself the roster that you're comfortable with and that you're happy with. And then go five days into the season and be like, oh, shit. That's it. Like I, I need to blow it up. I need to make some moves. The ship is sinking. I need to I need to panic a little bit and add people. I, that's not my style. I don't think it's a, a, a winner friendly style either. Sometimes too many moves can can kill you. That coming from a guy that I think I traded 30 times last year. In fantasy baseball, I just because trades are trades are so much fucking fun. We'll get we'll get to a an episode where we talk about trades one of these days. But yeah, Adam Duvall right now is probably the only guy that I would be okay with picking him up and dropping some of your back end of the draft underachieving guys right now, guys that you can drop and aren't going to get picked up right away. But uh, after that, the next person that I had on my well, first of all, I guess I should break it down to where my Article for Fantasy Pros, I had four guys that were um, must-ads. Like, if you're, like, injuries happened, that sort of thing, that should have been on your team. Or, you can, for me, I consider them guys that I was already higher on coming into the start of the season that I thought should have already been on rosters that aren't uh, and that are performing very well to start the year. So, first was Adam Duvall. Next, <clears throat> excuse me was out in Chicago, somebody that I have been hammering down this year that everybody needs to draft. That'd be Justin Steele. Uh, After his first start to the year, in his last 10 starts, he now has a 1.3 ERA. He's pitching out of his mind. First game this year, he went six innings, struck out eight, had a whip of just 0.67. He did exactly what you wanted. He gave up no runs at all. The one thing Chicago has done this year is their offense did get a bit better, adding Cody Bellinger and Dansby Swanson. Uh, but their defense got much better. They have a much, much, much more improved defense this year than they did in previous years. And that goes a long way towards helping the pitchers, especially with the shift being gone. He still has those guys behind him that he can be confident, can make some plays when he needs them to. I drafted seven leagues this year, including a few industry leagues, a couple house leagues, that sort of thing. I drafted Justin Steele in all seven leagues. He's the only player that I drafted in all seven. Not to toot my own horn, that is not the point of this. Uh, The point I'm trying to make is just, he is somebody that if you have been paying attention, I have been banging the drum on for a while as somebody that it is very important you get on your roster there. He is still available in some people's leagues. I had a person uh, on the fantasy pros discord today. Tell me that he was still available in his 14 team league, which is nuts. There's no reason Justin Steele should not have even been drafted in a 14 team, 14 team league. But if he is still available on your bench, he is more than worth the pickup. Uh, the biggest thing with him was this year, you kind of wanted to sleep, see what he was going to do with that slider. Because last year, my son is infamous for wanting to knock on the bedroom door and come talk to me when we were in the middle of recording. That's perfectly fine. 
he just killed it at school today. Well, we recorded, or I'm recording a little late because uh, my son got an award at school for being very respectful. And he's six going on seven. So anytime the school emails you and tells you that he's getting presented with an award in an assembly at school, you show up. This got put on the back burner. But we are back now. Yeah, the one thing I wanted to see from uh, Justin Steele was the slider. It was a pretty damn good pitch last year. It had a 138 batting average against and a 176 expected batting average. And it was the second most used pitch. Last year, he was 56% fastball, 31% slider. First start of the year, 51% slider. And he ended up with a 35% whiff rate. No hits against it in 10 plate appearances. Those are the types of things that you wanted to see Justin Steele do coming into this year to build off of how he did last year. The velocity on his fastball was down a tick. It's down like a half a mile an hour. Not really worried about that at all. That's that's kind of pointless to be worried about, but it is a good sign when a guy can kind of key in on the fact that one specific pitch of his is just super dominant and then go into the next year and just lean on that pitch and it still be super dominant. Those are the things you look for. And if Justin Steele is still available in your league, he should not be anymore. He needs to be rostered. He, rostered and held. He's not even a streamer. He's better than a streamer. He's a he's an all-year-long stay-on-your-roster type of player. And I think when I wrote the article, the article came out Monday, uh, and I think I mean, he was like 28% owned or something like that. It was so low for no reason. Uh, rest of the year, he's a top 50 starter. Uh, most leagues, you're starting at least five starting pitchers on your team, uh, which makes him a player that shouldn't be on waivers at all. So I am all for <coughs> excuse me, dropping just about, I'm not going to say anybody, but uh, he's if you're on the fence about one of your starters right now, uh, if you had somebody that started – out not so great, somebody like a, a Chris Sale, for example, who everybody seems to love, even though he keeps showing everybody that he's not Chris Sale anymore. He still has the velocity, but very hittable. Uh, first start didn't go well. I would drop Chris Sale for Justin Steele. A lot of guys like in that general vicinity of guys are worth being dropped. But then the next player on my list was Mr. Charlie Blackman. He's a guy that isn't being talked about quite as much. He's still fairly available uh, in a lot of leagues. And I think he offers you a lot going forward. I mean, they haven't even played a home game yet this year. And he's he's hitting 350 with the home run and three RBIs. Uh, and one of the benefits for Charlie Backman is he, I mean, one is Coors Field. Everybody loves Coors Field. Coors Field is the shit when it comes to hitters. And if something's the shit when it comes to hitters, that means that it's very beneficial for fantasy baseball purposes. And he's sitting right in the heart of that lineup. I think he's hit third in every game so far this year. And again, they've all been on the road. So there's going to come a time when they have to go home and play their games back at Coors Field. He's going to be batting third. That lineup is nice. Chris Bryant's raking this year. They got Ezekiel Tovar, who's off to a slow start, but he'll come around. I have high hopes for Tovar. Uh, CJ Crone has been playing out of his mind on the road of all places where he is uh, historically way worse than he is at Coors Field. So I think getting back to Coors, Charlie Blackman hitting third, he could have the type of year he had last year's probably 
around what he could do. He had 264 with 16 home runs, drove in 78. That's not bad. He might he might be able to get to 20 home runs this year if, if he's feeling a little crazy. So hit like 250, 260 with 20 home runs. He could steal a couple bases if you're lucky. So yeah, he's somebody to keep an eye on. Again, he's probably on my don't quite add him yet list, but I think he should have already been rostered. So if you, if you do have him, good job. He's worth the spot. Keep him because he's he's still Charlie Blackman. He's getting older. He's like 36, but that's okay. Father time hasn't come for him yet. It doesn't seem to come for players that hated Coors Field until much later in their career. And then the last guy on my must-haves list, this is a must-have for category leagues over anything else. I, it's Jorge Mateo uh, in Baltimore. Very low uh, roster percentage. I think it was like 24% as of the time that I wrote this. I'm not sure if that line's moved a whole lot because he does have some very significant flaws in his game. Uh, but he's so fast, and Baltimore seems to be okay with just letting the guys get on and run, like just get on base and go. Him and Cedric Mullins have been stealing bases like madmen. Mateo's got four already this year. The thing I like to see, though, is he's got a 417 on base percentage. He's always kind of struggled a little bit with the on base percentage because he he's a high strikeout rate guy, 27% in his career, which is not the best. A very low walk rate in his career, 5%. But this year, he's walking 15% of the time. Now, is that going to stick? Probably not. But it's one of those things that you can you can tick the boxes like an early season improvement, which is things you want to see, but his power really tops out at what he hit 13 last year. I think that is like the best of the best of the best that it gets for Jorge Mateo. He's probably a 10 home run guy over the course of a year. Uh, he's hitting 227 for his career, so he's never really going to have that high of a batting average. Batting 300 right now is okay, but again, it's not something that's going to stick. So in category leagues, he needs to be owned because I think it's going to come down to him, Mullins, and Estieri Ruiz for the uh, stolen base crown. And anytime you can pick up a guy that can potentially lead the league in a category off off waivers i think you need to do it in points leagues i would probably stay away a bit or if you're dead set on on uh riding the hot hand i guess you can pick them up and ride it till the wheels fall off and then let them go because that k rate's gonna it's gonna regress it's like 15 percent right now he's gonna end up back probably 25 27 percent which is gonna suck and for a low average guy that strikes out a lot, that doesn't hit a lot of home runs, he's not suited very well for points leagues. So ride him, get in while the getting's good, and then get off before it, it drains you too much. Uh, one guy that I need to highlight real fast before I get into the last ad read here uh, is somebody that I did not put on my list that many people seem to think I have, I should have put on my list, but I didn't for a reason. And that's Nolan Gorman. Second baseman out there for the Cardinals. He's the talk of the town this year because he has started so well. Uh, 
12 at bats. He's batting 500 with a couple home runs, six RBIs. He had the two home run game the other day. So he's starting hot. And the thing with Gorman is power has never been, never been a concern. He hit 14 home runs in 89 games last year. That's kind of his calling card. He, he's a home run guy. He's a, I think last year he projected for like, it was like 25 home runs right around there. If he had played an entire season, which at the thin second base position is pretty good. But the problem is he strikes out so, so much. Uh, last year, he struck out 33% of the time, walked 9%, which is cool, but uh, he only had, a, how shit was his batting average last year, 226. So the 14 home runs, cool. He doesn't have much speed. He doesn't steal bases. He hits your home runs. The thing where I am going to kind of go against me and Ryan's normal philosophy on things is we have been big on loving guys that went to driveline to help to get themselves some help. Gorman went to driveline in the off season. He put some work in to be able to catch up more to the high fastballs, uh, become a little bit more of a pull hitter, work on that power and helping it be more consistent. And it's paid off. I, I, I can't say that it hasn't uh, his average exit velocity so far is 91 miles per hour. Max exit velocity is 105. It's not crazy. It's 105. It's like right in the middle, 53rd percentile. So the power's there. That was never in question. It's just a matter of how much playing time is he actually going to get this year. I don't think it's as much as people hope because he is somebody that uh, needs a platoon. He only really hits righties well. He doesn't hit lefties very well. Uh, like at all, no power against lefties. So I, it's one of those things in the business where everybody wants to be first. They don't want to be right. Everybody wants to tell you, or everybody wants somebody to tell them that, yes, you should pick up Nolan Gorman because this is a new man. This is a new Nolan Gorman. This is, this is the one that is going to save us all. This is, this is the man that we have hoped he could be at second base and second base is so thin, but I cannot do that for you. I cannot be the person that tells you that I cannot. If anybody knows about September Kelnick, you should know that the old, uh, Oh, look, he's, he's changed his swing. Look, he's so much more productive now. I need to see more from Nolan Gorman before I can sign off on him being a guy that needs to be on your team. I need to, if that means you miss him on your waiver wire because I didn't tell you to get him and he does pan out. I'm sorry. I, I hope he does pan out. I mean, I, I never wish a player to have a shitty season except Xander Bogarts. I really thought he was going to be bad. He started pretty hot, but I still, I'm still on the phase Xander Bogarts hype train, but. Nolan Gorman strikes me as somebody that you are going to drop a valuable fantasy asset for because they're struggling to pick up Nolan Gorman. That person you drop is going to get picked up immediately and you are going to get stuck with a Nolan Gorman that gets 350 plate appearances this year and hits 18 home runs and bats 235. 
and I I don't want that to happen, but I think that that is literally what we are leaning towards. And speaking of leaning towards, let's lean towards this last ad here. We're brought to you by the Golf Gambling Podcast and their TaylorMade Driver Contest. The contest is completely free to enter, and you have a chance to win an awesome TaylorMade driver. The drawing will take place on Sunday, April 8th, so make sure you get in by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash driver. It's a pretty sweet driver, too. I, I saw it on the uh, the giveaway graphic that they got going. And, yeah, it doesn't cost you anything. Let's go enter. Win yourself that driver. Got a good chance to get it. Uh, and when you get it, if you if you heard it from us, make sure you let them know over there that you heard us here and went over to uh, enter their giveaway. Uh, but all I really have left for this episode is just a couple deeper league guys because everybody loves deeper league guys. Uh, one, I mean, he was a deeper league guy when when I wrote my article for Fantasy Pros the other day, my waiver wire article. Uh, since then, he is trending very much upward. Uh, it is Trace Thompson. A lot of his production came in the one game. He had the three home run game. Uh, what's pretty crazy is all three of his home runs are hit 107 and a half miles an hour. Pretty impressive. He's somebody that I've kind of been on for a bit. I wrote my uh, lottery ticket article for Fantasy Pros last month. Uh, some guys that were like well beyond uh 380p that i thought had a chance to outperform that guys that you can take late take a chance on keep an eye on on the waiver wire that could put up really solid production trace thompson is that guy i'm a big fan of barrel rates and uh, last year he had a 16 percent barrel rate which is crazy in like 80 games so he makes quality contact um he strikes out a ton which is also his issue this year he's got like a 45 percent strikeout rate He's a 35 or a 30% strikeout rate guy in his career. Uh, he is platooning. Uh, it's kind of him, David Peralta, and Outman kind of have a little three-way thing going on out there in the outfield. So he's not going to get every day at bats. But if you need power, he is going to be a sneaky uh, supplier of that for you this year. He, he could hit 20 to 25 home runs, even with some limited at bats. They don't really have a ton of other options out there in Los Angeles. So why not throw a guy out there that's shown he he can hit he can hit a dinger or two here and there. And Los Angeles seems to always get the best out of all of their players. So that'll help them a lot. Uh Orlando Arcia. Arcia? 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 However you want to say it. Uh the shortstop out there. In Atlanta, the guy that sent Von Grissom down, which I know surprised the hell out of me. I think it surprised a lot of people uh, because Von Grissom came up last year and is essentially what made Dansby Swanson expendable. At least it seems that way. Uh, he played so well. He played really good defense. He had a good hit tool and he hit for a little power and had some speed. He had five home runs, five stolen bases last year in a limited amount of games. I don't understand why he got sent down. I mean, Maybe they wanted to be able to hit a little better. Uh, but Orlando RC is a guy that took over that shortstop role. He hasn't played the greatest defense. So who knows how long he will stay there. Uh, this is more of a short-term injury fill-in type of pickup. I think he's owned in like 2% of leagues. But he's hitting 333. He's got a uh, He's got an RBI on the year, but he scored 
four runs, which is pretty good. And he's hit a double. He he doesn't have the most power. He's not a huge power guy, not a huge average guy, but he is hitting in that Atlanta lineup, which is crazy good. They're putting up a ton of runs this year. So he should be a good source of runs. He might steal you a couple bases and he'll, he'll give you a couple home runs here and there. He is the very definition of a guy that you need to ride while they're somewhat hot if you absolutely need to, or if you just want kind of a somebody to fill in until Grissom gets brought up. If you're somebody like me that did Grissom with the expectation that he was going to perform this year, I think I had Grissom as my number 15, 15 or 16 short coming into the season. So, yeah, uh, Orlando RC is a guy you can run out there and He'll get you some stats today. He's not going to be a black hole. And he'll be pretty productive, especially at a position that is kind of full of talent. So there is a lot of guys out there that you could go for. So Arcia just happens to be in probably the best lineup of any of the ones that you're going to find. So if you need something like runs in a category league, Arcia is going to be the guy for you. And then the last one is somebody I'm kind of on the fence on still. I put him in the article, but it's Brandon Crawford with the whole uh, Carlos Correa trying to go there, signing there, but then not going there type of thing. Brandon Crawford seemed to just kind of get forgotten about. He doesn't have the power he used to have, and he doesn't hit for the best average anymore, but that lineup in San Francisco did get better. He does still have the ability to hit about 230 or 240. He has a little pop in his bat. He can get you double-digit home runs. Uh, he's really good at hitting with runners on base as well, and he's going to score you a good amount of runs. So he contributes in a lot of areas that you want, and I think when I wrote the article two days ago, I think he was owned in 5% of leagues. So another another guy from a very deep position, shortstop position, that is going to be very widely available in a lot of leagues, and he's a good fill-in moving forward. So keep an eye on him. Put him on your watch list. I think watch lists are something that's very underutilized in the fantasy baseball world. Some people do them. Most people don't. Uh, I mean, they're free. They're, it's a readily available tool that you can just – I know like ESPN, where my home leagues are, are, it takes two seconds to click on a guy's name and add him to your watch list, and they're just there for the rest of the year, whether they get picked up by somebody else or they stay on waivers. And a very easy way to be able to go and find the guys that you have your eye on. You can just go straight to your watch list. You don't got to dig through. You don't got to find where they're buried. None of that. They're always available for you there, so make sure you're using those watch lists. And then I think the last guy that I don't want to touch on him, but I think I need to touch on him, uh, because it has been an interesting start to the year with him, would be Travis Darno. Uh, they brought in Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy was my number nine catcher coming into the year. Travis Darno was down in like the 15, 16, 17 range for me. The thought was Sean Murphy is going to play the majority of the time behind, behind home plate. Uh, he would kind of make back and forth with Darno here and there. I'll get a little bit of run at DH this year, but Sean Murphy was going to get most of the playing time. And now Travis Darno has made the majority of the starts. I think he started every game thus far this year. Uh, Sean Murphy sat two games, which is absolutely killing me 
in TGFBI, I have such a good team and I'm a top 100 ranked guy right now. And I'm first in my, my little mini league within the TGFBI. I just wish Sean Murphy would play more because that would really be a huge bump for me. I got you Darvish play that went today as well. So I got stats from him, which will help. It's kind of wild being a top 100 team and my number one catchers not playing hardly. And my, one of my two best pitchers, it just wasn't playing at all. But Darnell went four for five in the first game. Uh, one for four in his next two, one for five after that. He is two for two today, which I think is interesting. Two for two with the double. He's got three doubles on the year. So he's putting up stats. I think his success is not a detriment to Sean Murphy. He realistically is not going to eat into Sean Murphy's playing time over the course of an entire year. The playing time scenario is something that will work itself out the more the year goes on. Because let's face it, Travis Darnot is not a very good defensive catcher at all. And Sean Murphy is one of probably the three best defensive catchers in baseball. I think he has the fastest pop time and second fastest pop time of any catcher. So he's going to be out there and he's going to get at bats. Uh, Right now, I think they're mainly just riding Travis Darnot while he's hot because chances are he's going to fizzle out a little bit. He hit 268 last year with 18 home runs and 107 games. So offensively, he has the ability. It's just his deep for as good as he is on offense, his defense is equally as bad. So it had been hard to put him in the lineup. Uh, so Travis Darno is somebody that I would pick up in a two catcher league. He's on the verge of being good enough to be your starting catcher in a single catcher league. If he can continue to be hot and, we can see some more of his numbers stabilize. I want to see where his K rate kind of shakes out at. He's been a a, a guy that strikes out like 20, 23% for his career. He's under 20%. This is at 16% right now. So if he can stay in that 16 to 18% and still have the same amount of pop, he he's startable as a single catcher in a one catcher league. He needs to be owned in two catcher leagues if he wasn't already. If he wasn't, I don't know why, but he needs to be owned. But he is somebody that was very readily available still on a lot of people's waiver wire. Even after the four for five game, he, like I said, he did cool off a little bit for those next three games, but two for two today with a double, which is big. He's somebody that I'm, I'm all for picking up. There are some things that I, we need to see moving forward. Like I said, the strikeout rate, he hasn't walked a single time this year, which is interesting. 13% barrel rate. Again, it's very small sample size, so it's hard to read into a lot of this stuff. But the one thing he's doing, he's absolutely mashing fastballs. He's hitting 455 off fastballs, which is over 100 points higher than his expected batting average. And there's kind of the same issue with his slugging, too. His slugging is at 636. That's 200 points higher than his expected slugging. So there are some signs that it, he is a guy that's on my buyer beware list. Well, I do admit that he can be owned fairly confidently in those single catcher leagues. There is some signs of regression. Uh, he's going to come back down to earth a little bit. Obviously, he's not going to hit 455 for the rest of the year. He's not going to hit 300. I hate to break the news to you. He's not going to hit 300 this year. But if you've been on the fence about him, I think it's okay to pick him up. Just temper your expectations a little bit. 
Travis Darno is going to be more of the uh, prototypical catcher from two or three years ago, four years ago, when there was kind of like the top two really good ones, and then it was just kind of everybody else. The year Travis Darno puts up this year is going to be in that kind of everybody else category where you could start him. He's, he's not going to be crazy, but he's, he's good enough to be rostered. But that's all I got for you guys. I can't believe I just talked to myself, you guys watching you guys listening for like 40 minutes. Uh, make sure you guys, again, follow us on our socials, at Twitter at Fake Baseball, YouTube and Twitch at Fake Baseball Money. Very easy to find us. Uh, give us those five or not give us. If you would like to give us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcast or Spotify, I would be very grateful for that. Again, it goes a long way towards helping us continue to put out this content that we love to do so much. Hey, thank you, Dylan. I appreciate that. Um, But we will be back tomorrow. Ryan will be here with me tomorrow. We will be back to the double crew. That's probably not going to be very many single episodes, but it might happen. As you can tell, I, I can talk my ass off when I need to. So wouldn't be a problem going forward, but we will see you guys tomorrow. You can catch me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. You can catch Ryan at R Gilbert S-O-P. And we will catch you guys next time.